Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Senior Summit podcast brought to you by Senior Summit. Uh, I'm here with Anna Lakin. Hi, guys. And Marsha Hans. Hello. Who is with Finance of America Reverse. Uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, Marsha, her experience in the professional industry serving seniors. Uh, and wh- Marsha, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background, how you came into reverse mortgage in the first place. Um, I know you were in sales for a while before this, right? Mm-hmm. I have about 30 years of consultative sales experience, and um, I've always dealt with people and money. And so for the last uh, four years, I have been doing reverse mortgages. And prior to that, I did traditional mortgages, FHA mortgages, for about three years. Um, Again, it's always about people and money and helping people solve a problem that they're having. So I know when I first came into the industry, uh, I was sitting down with a woman who did reverse mortgages and she she was talking to my fiance who was a financial planner and they were having this conversation, it was way above my head um, and I didn't really understand what reverse mortgages are and I think that's common. Can you kind of explain a little bit about reverse mortgages and what they are? Sure. So today the reverse mortgages are for people age 62 and over. You have to live in the home as your primary residence, meaning six months and one day of the year. Um, you have to have a lot of equity in the home to make this work. And you have to pay your property taxes and insurance on your own. Sorry, when you say a lot of equity in your house, what is a lot? Well, today a lot of equity is um, the Trump administration in October of 2017 made some rule changes and they reduced the amount that a person can take um, out of their home by about 10%. So today, someone who's 62 would have available to them maybe around, um, they have to keep about 60% equity. The amount of money that a person can take out in a reverse mortgage is based on uh, three factors. One is the age of the youngest borrower, the appraised value of the home, and the interest rate. So what the way it works is the older you are, then you have, in basically you're closer to death, and we say you die at age 99, Um, then you have access to a lot of the equity in your home versus someone who's very young at age 62 you have to have a lot of reserve equity because you're not making any mortgage payments and so every month a little bit of interest and um, a half percent mortgage insurance premium is paid and so you have to have enough reserve equity to spend that over time okay so with that, I know that there are many misconceptions about reverse mortgages, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not really sure what it stems from, honestly, and, and how that misconception was started. So could you kind of explain the then versus now why people have this perception of okay. reverse mortgages? This is my favorite <laughs> thing to talk about, and I honestly, I know where it came from, but I don't know how this myth has been kept alive all these years. So in the state of Maine, back in the 60s, there was a couple banks who would basically buy the house and give people some money. So the biggest misconception is the bank or the lender owns your home. The bank or the lender does not own your home. 
the homeowner owns their home. They're always on title. Um, back in the day, people could take out tons and tons of equity. They never had a, um, they, credit was pulled, but no one really looked at it. You didn't have to prove any willingness and capacity to pay your taxes and insurance on time. They even, this is the most egregious thing they used to do, is they would put the loan in the homeowner who is older and then the person who wasn't on the loan, the non-barring spouse, was not on title and didn't have any protections. So if that older person died first, there wasn't any protections for the other spouse and they were kicked out of their home. Oh, I mean, this okay. stuff is just totally egregious. So yeah. um, the case with the non-barring spouse, though that was fixed in 2014. So there are protections for that non-barring spouse. They can stay in that home the rest of their life as long as they pay the taxes and insurance on time. In 2013, they changed the, the program and they reduced the amount of money people could take out initially, which is a good thing. So of the available amount a person can take out, approximately they can take out the first year about 60% and the, then the other 40% after the first year. So basically put the, the brakes on people taking too much money out. Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest change was in 2015 when a financial assessment came in and um, people had to show their willingness and the capacity to pay their uh, bills on time. And so today, people who qualify for a reverse mortgage are very well vetted. Um, hopefully down the road, there's very few foreclosures. They reduce the amount of the money that they can take out initially. There's protections for the non-borrowing spouse. So it's a, I call it, it's not grandpa's reverse mortgage anymore. Right. It is really um, a solid product that people can use to make their lives easier in retirement. Right, and do you feel like you're still combating that all the time, having to explain to people? All the time, all the time. I um, do a lot of CE classes, continuing education classes for elder law attorneys, certified financial planners, and realtors. And it's amazing how those misconceptions are still in place yeah. and the biases or, oh, I heard, you know, or if I talked to a homeowner, oh, I heard the neighbor lost their home. Well, maybe it was a really, really old reverse mortgage where they took a lot of money out, or maybe that person just didn't pay their taxes and insurance. Right. And so there's a lot of things, a lot of misconceptions about it. Yeah, so it's not just the consumers or the seniors right. themselves that are confused. Yeah. It's the professionals, too, that, you're, that yeah. you work with. Absolutely. Wow, okay. So when taking this equity out of your home, mm -hmm. what are some of the purposes of doing that, like what would you use that money for as a senior? Well, some people just um, don't wanna have a mortgage payment anymore, and so that eliminates that and that helps their cash flow. Some people will set up the reverse mortgage and then just have a line of credit established for their reserve equity that they can take out later on for any other, any purpose they want to. It could be, you know, take a, vacation. Mm -hmm. It could be something not so exciting like pay for a new roof or a new car, um, help uh, their grandkids out, pay back their 
um, uh, college debt. Um, it could be just about for anything. Some people will use it to stay in the home longer and make home modifications to age in place. Some people will use it to pay for home health care services. Um, and sometimes it's just for cash flow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when we were, when we hopped on the phone to kind of prep for this, mm-hmm. this conversation, you mentioned that there are many unique and sophisticated solutions that finance or that reverse mortgages can provide mm-hmm. that many people don't know about. Could you kind of explain some of those? One of the most, well, there's two. Let's okay. talk about the, the, uh, the one that I really, really like is a lot of people don't know that you can use a reverse mortgage to purchase a new home. Oh, and I was going to ask that. And a lot of realtors don't know that. That was established, hmm. I believe, in 2016, I believe. No, wait, 2006. I corrected myself there. Um, so the way this works is... So let's say, Anna, you um, have parents who, let's just say they live in a small town. Yeah. And they announced to you, hey, I, I want to live closer to you and the grandkids. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's say you live in a, um, uh, a place where the homes are much more expensive than what your parents have in a small town. But let's just say they net 150000 in that home that they sell and they move to your community, and they think they can purchase a home for cash for 150000 Right. And it just is a suitable home for that. It just cannot happen right. in, in a lot of areas. So, but maybe they can purchase one for, let's say, 300000 So they would put their 150000 down, not have a mortgage payment, have a very suitable home, live near you, not in with you, because that's probably yeah. not your preference. <laughs> right, right. No, no, that makes sense. Uh, and um, so that's a really exciting way of doing it, because a lot of people want to downsize, but they don't, they're not ready to move into a retirement community just yet. So this is a really good solution for them. Or it could be um, the, the type of homes that can have a reverse mortgage are obviously a single family home. It could be um, a HUD-approved condo, a townhome where you own the land underneath it, plan unit development. You see a lot of these 55 and over communities where the homes may have one wall attached in their Mm -hmm. community. Um, And a lot of those are patio homes, perfect for the older homeowner, so they don't have to worry about a big yard to maintain and things like that. Um, So I think that's a real exciting one. that I'm always talking to people about, and it's a really great solution. The other one is more from a financial point of view. I I used to work in financial planning um, and insurance, and I view any kind of of money, really, as it's just money in a bucket. And so which bucket of money are you gonna use at what point in your retirement? to have a successful retirement. So some things are taxable and some things aren't. With a reverse mortgage, when money comes out, it's income tax-free because it's not Mm. income, it's equity. So what financial planners like is when you set up a, a reverse mortgage that is an adjustable rate mortgage, there's a line of credit that you have of your reserve equity so just bear with me on this because it, it really works. Um, so this line of credit doesn't sit there like a bank line of credit. 
it actually grows at the same rate as the interest rate and a half percent mortgage insurance premium that is based on your current loan balance. So that grows over time and that's totally separate from the appraised value of your home. Um, so, and you can, you know, take that reserve credit out and you can put it back and all kinds of things. Financial planners love this because let's say in a down market and you are in the spending mode of your retirement um, uh, resources. And if it's a really bad investment year, you're and you're taking money out of your investments and the market's really bad, then it's really depleting your pot of resources to have a successful retirement later on. So if you had a, um, a, a safer, a place to take the money in those down years, why not do that? So in those years, instead of pulling a bunch of money out of your investment portfolio, further depleting it, you can take it out of um, the reverse mortgage. And um, when it comes out, it is income tax free because again, it's, it's equity. equity, not income. Right. So it's just a matter of leveraging money, what makes sense to what bucket of money makes sense to use when and where right so so you can pull out however much you want from that line Equity of, of what is available to you okay mm -hmm. okay with 60 percent being that max in the first year right 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 and then the other 40 percent of that equity pool coming out after, after the first year okay. yes okay. yeah but not everybody has to do that so right. the ways you can take out money from a reverse mortgage, let's talk about that. Because some yeah. people just pay off their, re, their mortgage and they're fine with that. Um, some people want to take some additional cash out at closing. Some people will, um, I had a couple, um, just really neat couple, they're in their 80s, and their financial planner came to me and said, you know, they really need $1,200 a month um, to make all their numbers work um, for their retirement planning. So I solved it by, um, we figured out for that particular couple, they could take out the $1,200 a month, which would be income tax free, for a period of a little over 11 years. So that's called a term payment, so much for a set period of time. Some people will um, take out, um, will solve for what's called a tenure pay payment, T-E-N-U-R-E payment, basically based on your lifetime, which again is age 99, which is a long time. Uh, and so it's a set amount they would get every single month uh, as long as they live and are, are a resident of that home. Okay. So that's another way. Um, so this, this may be an ignorant question, but is the reason the age requirement is 62 because this is primarily a re, like a retirement tool almost? Like why is there that age limit or requirement? I, I'm not sure exactly when they determined that. I, I would imagine just as a guess, it's because you can take your Social Security yeah. at age 62, you know, yeah. an early retirement age. Okay. So I think that's, it's basically for older homeowners okay. to help them in the retirement. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and 
what I think is so interesting about this, we were talking about it earlier this week, actually. It feels longer than that. Um, But having worked in finance for so long, how difficult do you do you feel it is to get people to want to talk about their money? Yeah, in general. Yeah. So like this Breaking is kind down of that turning a page, but yeah, like getting people to open up about the equity in their home or their finance mm-hmm. or their current situation for some people is really difficult. Do you find it difficult at all? I honestly have never had an issue with that. I think mm-hmm. I it they're just really data points yeah but before we talk about what in my practice I don't ever talk about those details until I know what their goal is so it's all driven by their goal that makes sense so I always ask them um you know how long are you planning on staying in your home because if they're going to be there a year it doesn't make sense to do any kind of refinance right but if I find they want to move to a smaller home, well, then we can talk about a reverse mortgage for purchase. Right. Um, so just by taking their goals and allowing it, their goals to guide the conversation, absolutely, it makes it so that you can have that conversation. Well, easier. you're finding yeah. a solution. You know, I'm solving a problem, and I'm using data that they have to um, help with that. So the information I need. Um, is the if it's a husband and wife, I need their dates of birth because a date of birth, um, women don't like it so much, but <laughs> uh, if you are within six months of your next birthday, you're that year older for reverse oh, mortgage okay. purpose. And okay. that's like yeah. insurance purposes too, that you get more money that way. So, you know, I need to find out that. Um, I like their address. I have really great software I can look up comparables to see what is really um, the value of the property based on recent sales. People in, have no clue of how much equity they're, they're sitting on, particularly in this market. We have a very generous market right now. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, what are those factors that are looked at? So, like, I think sometimes people think their homes are worth more than they are, or a lot of times they think they're worth a lot less right now. Um, so... Are you looking at an overall equity in the like property based on previous sales, like you said, or like what factors go into that? Um, you can get reports that show uh, comparable homes in that community with the same number, same age of home, square footage, number of bedrooms, um, property size based on sales within the last six months. Oh, okay. So it doesn't really, I guess what I'm asking is like the state of the home, is that considered? The condition? Yeah. People always are worried if they, you know, if they don't have the latest carpet like color or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but, or even and the cosmetics roof. really yeah. don't matter. It's really about how safe and a sound the property is. Okay. So if it's an older property, a lot of lead paint, right. if there's stained walls, I mean, the ceiling and mm-hmm. leaky roof. Those are big red flags for us because the home has to be a safe home for them. So it undergoes like an inspection? I was going to say, so who evaluates that? So we have a, an FHA appraiser, independent appraiser, go to the property, do a walkthrough appraisal. And I always have the homeowners provide a list of all the updated things that they have done. 
so that that appraiser can make a true evaluation of the property. Okay. And that's, until we have that appraisal, we're just kind of taking a guess on how much the, the home is worth. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and w one thing you might, you know, one of another misconceptions is that, oh, the reverse mortgage is for the desperate. Well, according to the guidelines, um, the maximum loan amount is 700, this year is $726,525. Wow. So it, it's, it's the lesser of that or their appraised value of home. Mm -hmm. In Indiana here, it's usually the appraised value of the home. But if the home is worth a million, the highest they can go is at $726,525. Wow. And then, um, not to kind of go off, totally track on the, the values, um, a lot of companies have proprietary products and Finance of America Reverse is one of the leaders in it. Um, they have jumbo reverse mortgages and those go up to $4 million. Wow. Oh and those goodness. are, the, the approval for that is in states like um, Florida, Arizona, Colorado, um, California, Texas, I'm, I'm licensed in eight states. So, okay. you wow. know, it's for those homeowners, that's a lot of equity they can, can to have access to. And the, the reason why we're talking about um, the reverse mortgage in particular is for baby boomers, half of their wealth is in home equity. Yep, right. Yep. Anytime and, somebody comes and in, so that's their biggest this only asset. can help mm -hmm. them down the road, and that's why people in the senior industry need to know about this as an option for them. Um, the other thing I want to say is I cannot tell you what strain uh, some seniors are financially. Yeah. And just not having that mortgage payment, not having at age 75 still work their little part-time job. Right. They just want to get to work on retirement. And so not having to worry about some of these things or have increased cash flow makes a big difference in their life. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. So w when you're working and trying to educate other professionals, uh, who are those professionals that you work the best with? Like who you mentioned realtors earlier. You mentioned realtors, financial planners. Um, certified financial planners, elder law attorneys, mm -hmm. uh, loan officers who can't get the deal done. Um, I I get a lot of referrals from other loan officers. Well, I was going to say. Sense. So how do you work together to bring in new business and share clients and share referrals? What's your sort of process and well I'm always networking and the reason I do that obviously is to dispel the myths about reverse mortgages but also I have um, okay I'm older so I have this old-fashioned <laughs> <laughs> binder with little slots in there for business cards and so I serve as a referral source for the people I talk to whether it's home health care or doctors that come to visit their home, you name it. There's just all kinds of services out there. People who offer supplemental insurance, um, other financial advisors. So you serve as a, a resource for your clients. Exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. so that networking is super important right. so yeah. that you know who people are and where they are. And people don't really work in the, the older um, population if they don't have a passion for it. Right, Because right. you have to have a lot of patience and empathy. Yeah. 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 Um, 
excuse me. So when you're building your network and trying to find referral partners, where are the places that you go? Here locally, is there a resource that you go to online? Um, where do you go to, I guess, stay up to date, find your referral partners, build your network? Um, I'm a sponsor for the local financial planning association. And so I, it's that one-on-one -on -one relationship you develop. I do lunch and learns at their offices, mm -hmm. have one-on-one -on -one meetings with the advisors. Um, they have to know me to trust me that if I'm gonna go into a meeting with them, with one of their clients that I'm going to treat them very, right. the clients very well. Right. So it, that trust is developed over time. And then I also do networking in different uh, groups that are um, focused on uh, seniors. I'm part of um, a senior roundtable that we, we meet once a month and um, we share information about ourselves and the industry we talk about you know a positive thing that happened the month this month and all kinds of things like that so it's a really good support system i was going to say do you feel like that's beneficial i've heard of so many different mastermind groups and and stuff that's it has to kind be of like around it has to support. be the right group right yeah you just right. know it's yeah. either a fit or it's not a fit yeah mm -hmm. yeah you said that you guys uh kind of share what's going on what are some of those like big mistakes that you see people making within the within this market um, as professionals. So um, when you are s spotting things and not to like point a finger at anybody, but rather to learn from them, what are some of those mistakes that you see other professionals making when it relates to seniors? Uh, <laughs> one, one thing recent that happened, um, and I do a lot of public speaking, so I, you know, good public speakers, book out the speaking date and you reserve it in your calendar. Right. Um, you usually prepare information and handouts and all kinds of stuff. So there's there's some behind the scenes kind of thing. And I scheduled a speaker for one of the round tables and called two weeks before to make sure that, you know, confirming everything that we had talked about a few months ahead. Oh, and there's like, oh no, I can't do it. And I'm thinking, Oh, kind of put us in yeah. a bind. And right. we, we adjusted, but, right. you know, it's basically do what you say you're going to do. And right. if something comes up and you can't do something, um, just Find your replacement. Right. Or, yeah. Well, yeah. and communicate it. I think yeah. that's so... Right. Or, or something's not a good fit. Right. Just be honest. Just say it's not a good fit. This right. is not something that I am interested in doing or can't. And. But maybe this other person would be a better fit. Right. right. Yeah. Right. The follow through and right and keeping your commitments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you may, you keep mentioning how much you educate, um, and you're out there doing CES and lunch and learns and mm -hmm. that type of thing. I think something that's cool about you and that I learned about you when we first met is that you educate on other things outside of reverse mortgage as well. So you're right. like, I've got this list. You mentioned to me the other day how you've put together these networking activities for certain groups, mm -hmm. for chambers. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. Can you share a little bit about that? What, How you got started doing that type of education and- Why, um, why diversify right, yourself? Right, Well, one of the positions I had, um, I, I worked for a Chamber of Commerce, and so I am 
was always just amazed how poorly some networking events are, are run. And, um, and I kind of had this analytical mind. Um, and so I developed this networking rotation based on Sudoku puzzles. And so like if you're in a, the biggest one I did, I, there were 150 people. Um, so do the math, I don't know, tables of eight. Yeah, and I can't do math in my head because uh, I'm also kind of like artist types. I'm analytical and artist, but I can't do math in my head. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, so let's just say there are 20 tables. Um, I designed it so that uh, there would be three rotations, um, and it. But I there's nothing more irritating at a networking event when someone sets up rotations. And then that same person you sat next to is at the next table. Right. right. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. it, it, the math doesn't, it shouldn't work out that way. Yeah. So I designed it so that you would have new people at every table and also that the industry representative wouldn't be repeated right. in the three rotations. So each kind of per field or per expertise. Right. Yeah. So let's say you're at an event and you have like, three rotations and each person at the table of eight has two minutes to talk then they you know change to the second table and third table you should be meeting all new people at each um yeah and not have anything repeated that's clever it mm-hmm. really is that's neat it's a sudoku puzzle it's just, it's just <laughs> i was just i was just Wish like my playing brain it i know I w- <laughs> but yeah just coming up with that puzzle to me is pretty well brilliant. when she was explaining it to me i'm like we're trying to put together a really unique networking activity for Senior Summit next year, and you're going to be the first person I call because my brain <laughs> because does not work do that way. I, I can come up with some elaborate <laughs> ideas, but putting the the motions, I guess, the the pieces down, all of that logistical, yeah, yeah. I, I just I, I just did it, and right. so I think I told you I was sitting in traffic court. Yeah, <laughs> got a minute. I was in traffic court, and I was waiting to have my hearing. And I so I, I made the made use of good use of my time. Yeah, right, by sketching out what I wanted to do. Right, and that's a that's something that will stick in people's minds. You know, that I really liked that activity. I, I know when I go to one of the groups on the north side, and they do some fun activities the ones that are really interesting and get me in front of new people and, and stimulate conversation in a way that, you know, you're not going to get from small talk is something that's memorable. So is that kind of why you do it for, you know, is it is it a part of your marketing, I guess, or is it just a, a hobby? Um, I do it for an, another group, actually. Um, I, I just... I just like the mental challenge of doing it mm-hmm. and making the experience for the attendees to be, uh, they would come back and say, hey, this is a great use of my time. Right. I right. met so many new people. Yeah. yeah. And, and how about the I've got this list? Can you kind of explain to everybody what that is? Okay, so <laughs> what happened was about four years ago, uh, my husband um, had uh, passed out between the first and second hole on a golf course. Oh my and. Goodness. Uh, ended up having um, from this event a uh, heart valve replacement, which was no big deal compared to the stroke he had. Oh my gosh! Um, from the surgery, and he was only 62 at the time. And so he came home from the hospital 
um, only counting to four. Oh, no. And with my background with finances, I mean, I'm really organized. I thought I knew how to do everything. Mm -hmm. Had I not sat on his hospital bed the night before surgery and say, what are your passwords? And (laughs) what bills do you pay and how do you pay them? Because... We married late, so I, you know, I have my set of bills. He has his set. He yeah. hates my system. I don't like his system. And so, you know, we never really had a, a discussion about right. emerge, emerge, yeah, right. or if something <clears throat> happened. So the set of list uh, was developed because I realized that uh, becoming a caretaker. Our finances could have been in just a hot mess mm-hmm. if, yeah. if I didn't um, ask that. And so the list kit, it's just basically a folder, a bunch of pieces of papers in it. But mm-hmm. And I made it low-tech enough so that people, you know, sometimes you, you see these planning things and you don't want to write on the piece of right. paper because it's mm-hmm. so perfect well these right. are this is just a copied stuff so you have one that is you know income coming in one is um reoccurring bills um a whole list of assets um things uh, that oh your medication list um password list Um, your key documents, your um, key advisors, but it's different than others. I found out that after living with my husband in our house for 15 years, I was not on the electric bill. And when I went into, when I called to pay it, they refused to take my money because I was not on the bill. Oh. And as a caretaker, that's the last thing you want is Another problem. Another yeah. problem. Another thing to do, you know, right. because, you know, at the time we were going through, like that year we had 96 doctor's appointments, therapy appointments, oh, all this goodness. kind of stuff. And so, you, so you're you just, mentally and physically drained. You're, you're mentally drained. And here's the deal. When something happens, um, so we don't have children, so there wasn't like a kid could step in. But let's just say um, something happens. It's never the person that's a mooch that steps forward to help you out. Right. It's always the good kid, mm-hmm. you know, the you know the good friend that mm-hmm. steps in and helps. So my point is, let's get these lists completed and make the life of the person caretaker. Um, help them out so that you know what things are so for example if something happened to me uh and my niece from tucson arizona came out i mean she wouldn't know what a duke was or a veteran or citizen i mean what kind of utility is that but if she knew that okay these bills are paid in this way then they could just step in right so another reason why I developed the list is um, several years before, my father-in-law had a stroke, and he was this really proud World War II Nav- uh, Navy guy. Um, he was just an amazing man, but he also protected the wife from you know knowing anything about the finances mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, very common with that. Very, very era. common. So yeah. it was. I felt kind of bad having to go through all this paper 
you know, stock certificates were in with the publisher, clearinghouse entries, and, you know, things weren't yeah. organized. And we spent so much time tracking down things and searching for things, and we never found things. So if we knew yes or no, do you have this or not, then you're going to be able to spend more quality time with your loved one right. instead of searching through right. files of paper. So this kit is just something that um, I provide to people um, to help them organize their, yeah. their um, you know, what they got. Yeah, you know right. I call it, I got this list. Yeah, that right. a similar situation kind of recently happened with somebody in my family, an, an older member in my family. I mean, has money in so many random places that he doesn't know about like he does not keep track of it it's not written down anywhere um wife has never been involved in the finances and having to sit down and put it all in one place especially right now how with his age is so important because so many people there are so many kids that are involved too and who steps up to the plate who finds it that's i mean you can take care of that early on so that you don't have to put that on your on your kids. Right. right. And one of the things on the list that I stress is if you have a safe deposit box, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't name the bank because the bank names change. You know, right. what is that location? Yeah. Yeah. And physical ha- location. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so I'm not from Indiana. So I moved from Nebraska and I'm amazed of I never knew the term mattress money. Oh, oh my god, really? it's so real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People have cash stashed everywhere. Yeah. I don't really want to know where it is, but you know, someone probably needs to know where someone. this stuff is. Yeah. Right. Not stuck up in a ha- ceiling tile someplace. Right. Oh my yeah. goodness. That's I, um, so people, my husband. people people That's, tell me where their money is. Yeah. Um outside in a metal fence post um <laughs> oh my in goodness. the crawl space yeah. uh, gold bars in pvc so piping funny. duct tape wow. yeah it's like it, it's it's really yeah kind of um amazing so yeah. you would never want to leave that behind yeah right. Right. i just we just it's so funny that you said that recently watched a home video um of my dad he was we were in king's island in cincinnati uh he was about to do like the three, two, one flies swing uh-huh. thing. And they do a video recording beforehand and just get you on camera. At least they used to. I have no idea yeah. if they still do it. And in the camera, he's saying, hey, if I die, I want you to know I have $2,000 hidden under my waterbed. <laughs> we <laughs> just great. watched that. So that is really funny. Um, and the fact that he had a waterbed is hilarious. <laughs> but um, so on this notion of pre-planning and Kind of getting your things in order mm-hmm. and your finances in order beforehand. It's so a very loving to thing to yeah. do to just help someone out because, right. like I said, it's not the mooch that's going to help you. Yeah, you know, it's going right. to be people who have the the kindest heart, exactly, and the ones that care about you the most. You know, and so they they want to care for you. And if you could just answer their questions of how they can do that most effectively, mm-hmm. I think that could just make their time with you so much easier better yeah worthwhile and and if they do planning obviously with an elder law attorney the attorney's going to want to know this stuff a financial planner's going to want to know right and um i set it up so that it's you know usually within a month or two they should be able to get this done if you know just recording what bills come in every month Mm -hmm. i mean you can get it done in a month but 
you know, it's easy to do. And then I usually send people that um, request a copy of this folder, a nudge email to, you know, did you get this done? Did you do it? Right. Yeah. Congratulations. You have you it. Did. did you actually do it? Well, yeah. and age is not the determining factor of when you should fill out this list. My husband was in a motorcycle accident. Right. And um, thankfully, he didn't have like a brain injury or anything, but he was physically incapacitated for a period of time. And had he have had a brain injury, I didn't know yeah. anything. I didn't even know who his insurance provider was on the motorcycle. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. I think there's no. And can you imagine no having time to find to that information yeah. if he were in? And that's like O'Reilly Funeral Home has this. One of their marketing tools is uh, here are a hundred things that you'll have to do on the worst day of your life. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if something happened to him having to find all of those things and when you're, you're dealing mentally with all this other stuff. and emotionally yeah. just distraught? It's yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I could not imagine. And th- it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing, <laughs> but th- so there's this crime podcast too, and they talk about the like if I go missing list so here are all my passwords and all the things here's a copy here's a piece of my hair oh my gosh (laughs) here are my cell phone passwords so you can get into my records if you need to if I go missing and it's on the same it's kind of the same how do you get it all organized yeah my uh, password list is seven pages yeah so I've thought of everything wow oh my goodness that's wonderful that is it really is so smart because if I go missing if I get in an accident yeah like there's just no no one knows what's no going to ball. happen, right? Yep. Yep. I uh, did a presentation at a retirement, um, uh, over 55 retirement community, and this woman piped up, and she goes, oh, this is just so perfect. And she said her brother died suddenly. At, he was in his early 50s, oh and he was in the high-tech industry out in California. Wow. Obviously, this guy had no paper. Right. Yeah. Right. No trail. And he did not do any planning, did not have a will. And she had to hire three different hi- uh, hackers to get into his laptop oh just to gosh. find out what he had. It was an over million dollar estate. Oh, no. And you cannot tell me that brother purposely wanted to make her life no. living no. hell. Yeah. And so if we can all just, you know... Be a little prepared. Yeah, right. a little more considerate of those that right. are going to be here when maybe we aren't or we can't make those decisions. Yeah. Right. right. So is there a way, I'm looping reverse mortgage back into this, is there a way that you work with other professionals to pre-plan, like to use reverse mortgage as a, a future tool? Um, yeah, like, or can is you it more of like an event-based type thing? Can you pre-plan for the use of a reverse right. mortgage or are you waiting till an event occurs? Well, a reverse mortgage is a loan. Right. So it's either a refinance or a purchase. Okay. So you mean just to kind of like what if? As a financial tool, I guess. What if I did this at this point? Yeah. Right. If once my house's equity hits this point and can I know I, rely I have on... this goal, then mm-hmm. we can rely on this equity. Yeah. Well, the thing is that the rules change all the time. The oh, interest yeah. rates change. And we can just ballpark it. Right. So. Okay. The key is, are they going to be in that home for a long time? Right. Um, that's the key. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if they are, you probably could use yeah, that. You, as a yeah. You plan now to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. No, Got that's it. smart. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm a little interested in the sales side of your business because I know that a lot of our listeners are 
in the sales world. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, what makes a good saleswoman or salesman? I don't, I've been in sales for over 30 years. So I don't consider myself a salesperson. Mm-hmm. I look at myself as an educator, um, more of a consultant. Um, I'm always trying to solve a problem. If I can't solve a problem for a person, I there's no sell there. Okay. Right. And, um, that makes sense. So that's how I look at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm there to educate them. So when when a consumer or even a professional is looking for a reverse mortgage professional to work with, mm-hmm. what do you suggest they look out for? What are some good qualities, that I guess? every reverse mortgage person yeah. should have, and if they don't, you shouldn't work with them. Well, I think a, you have to be thorough in uncovering what the need is and make sure that you understand the big financial picture mm-hmm. of that person so that you can offer this to solve a problem because if it doesn't solve a problem you know I, I can't do that so and not everybody needs a reverse mortgage and not everybody qualifies for a reverse mortgage mm-hmm. so and there are several cases where I cannot help someone but I will always offer that client hope or options or tell them this is what you need to work on we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I've had um, several cases in the last couple months where the spouse, the one of the spouses wasn't quite 62. And we won't get into the weeds of the details about that, but it's really best if both of them are 62. Oh, okay. I was going to ask that. And yeah. so, I mean, they could do it, but it's best if they are both 62. And so if it's a matter of just waiting a couple months, you just right. wait a couple months. Would mm-hmm. it be 61 in six months? Is that no, it had, they have to have turned 62. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Just because you round up after that six months, that's what made me ask that question. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 62. It's and 62. then from there, it's mm-hmm. okay. every six months. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess on the reverse then, reverse, reverse mortgage, <laughs> um, what are some things maybe people should be weary of in a reverse, like somebody that you can't trust or um, maybe they don't take the whole whole picture whole financial picture into consideration um i would be cautious of clicking on a link online Mm. and um, there's one mortgage company that says you know you'll click here and then you'll get offers and you know from seven different yeah uh, companies well guess what you're gonna get repeat calls from seven different companies because what they do is they get that information it gets sent out to people's phones right and that loan officer at seven different companies will pick up and will um be bugging you right, right. begin their process right. so if you have someone that can meet with you personally or um, have an introduction through another professional i think that's a good thing yeah you never want someone who's going to be well, any sales, you know, bugging you every day for something. Yeah. I mean, that's just not very... I've made that mistake with my health insurance. I have people <laughs> calling every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one question that I like to ask everybody before we hop off mm-hmm. is, what, if you could pick one thing, do you want other professionals to know about you uh, and reverse mortgages? Or reverse mortgages. And or. Either one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for myself personally, um, I'm a 
a very good listener. Um, I love dealing with older homeowners. Even in college, believe it or not, I lived with my grandmother after my grandfather huh. died. I, and she had, um, she was a real interesting uh, woman and she had her children. And um, I just love this lady to death. And I will do anything to protect um, older homeowners and steer them in the right direction. If I can't help them, I have a whole notebook full of resources that I can refer to them so they can um, have a better life and, and, like I said, get to work on their retirement. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, that's love great. It. That's yeah. wonderful. I love and it. how can people reach you, Marcia? They can uh, reach me by my cell phone, which is area code 317 Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Please leave your comments and suggestions if you have anything that you'd like to say or topics we'd like to cover in the future. Uh, You can find us on all of the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. um, And please like, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you back in a week. Thanks. Thank you, guys.